woman walking down the street, pretty woman, the kind I like to meet, pretty woman. Hey, hey! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our program. <laughs> Why do we own these DVDs? Your true house, Sean Takaki and his wife Diane. Diane and Sean. Yeah. Why do we own this DVD? Yeah. Why do we own the DVD? Represent Sean Takaki and his wife Diane. Yeah. Just want to say, why do we own this DVD? I thought you were going to start this off by sneezing. Frank Campanella. Pops. Who? The guy who played Pops. Oh, at the bar. That name's familiar. Mm -hmm. Unless I'm thinking of Ray. Roy Campanella? Yeah. I don't know. Ray or Roy? Fuck, I don't even know anymore now. Is that? Baseball player. Field of Dreams. Kinsella. Sorry, that's the character. Ray Kinsella. This is... John Kinsella was his dad. I don't <laughs> care anymore. No, that was, that's, that's what I thought I was talking okay. about when I said that name. Anyway. Okay. Doesn't matter. Well, I mean, sure. Well. Oh, my God. Hi, Carl. Though Field of Dreams is seen in this movie. Well, the title. The title. The, the words <laughs> field. The word of dreams. <laughs> so I think there's like, you know those those things that basically everyone can like agree on, you know, in movies like Back to the Future is a perfect movie. But there's those common things that everyone's kind of like, yeah, that's that's right. Okay. Yeah. No, I get it. I think one of those things is um, Julia Roberts' performance in this movie. You know what? I Okay. <clears throat> like I've always recognized that. Julia Roberts is considered America's sweetheart. And and, and, I think you're gonna be like wrong answer. (laughs) And she's been considered, you know, like a beautiful actress, actor, whatever. Sure. Yeah. 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 I it I really understood last night how attractive she was in this movie. Okay. Like, because I remember her in this movie from before. Sure, yeah. Like, she was fine. You know, she's, again, all women are beautiful. Okay. Not all are attractive. She's always been attractive, but I've never thought of her as, like, a great beauty. You know? She's not even, not even like Notting Hill. No. Yes, then, because that's older Julia Roberts, who somehow doesn't age. Because she looks the same in Notting Hill, in my memory. Which isn't that long ago. No, a couple of months. So what I saw last night, I'm like, they're the same person. They made these movies at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. But I mean, but watching last night, I was like, oh, she is beautiful. Yeah. Like, all the time. Yeah. I was like, what the hell? I I was just like... I and mean, she's so good. There's <laughs> so few, like, debuts that really 
blow people off their feet. <laughs> I don't know what, what kind of term that was. It got real dark in here. Cat <laughs> is sticking his head in the lamp. Hey, oh my god. Dum dum, get out of there. <laughs> Did he just smell his hand? <laughs> oh my god, our cat. He's the dumb one, but he's fun to watch. Okay. <laughs> like, I mean, there's been great debuts. Sure. But to have this role, I don't know. I I was just like, I can't believe this is her first. I mean, Mystic Pizza aside, right? This was like her first thing. You know, I've never seen Mystic Pizza. I only watched it because Matt Damon is in it for five seconds. He says, he's at the dinner table and I think he says like, can I have your broccoli? Like that's his line. Oh, okay. Whatever. Is that with all of like yeah. those kids that age? Those well, kids. Well, no. Is, is, uh, they're like a, a phoenix in there? River Phoenix? No. Joaquin? No. None of them? No. Hmm. Is there an um, it's, a Sheen um, or an Estevez? No, it's like no men. Oh. It's like four sisters or girls that work at a pizza place oh, okay. in Mystic, Connecticut. Is like Andy McDowell in it? Oh, hold on. Who's Lily Taylor, Annabeth Gish, Gish and Gertz, mm-hmm. Julia Roberts. I like that they have Matt Damon on here. You don't have to cast list him. That's fine. Um, I said Lily. That's about it. Those three. Oh, okay. I mean, then why you have, did I like, think it was like a huge like? I don't know. Okay, because I've never seen it. I've never <laughs> so I've just, seen it. I made up my own narratives. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what I was talking about. But yeah, to have this performance be. I mean, it's such a cliche, but this movie made her a fucking star. Well, yeah. And some people have, you know, that's not until like their fifth movie in or, you know. But I mean, I'm sure when this movie came out, there's a lot of people who didn't know who she was. Did people know Sharon Stone before Basic Instinct? Total Recall. Was she uh, anybody then? Not really. Total Recall would have been like, who's this person? Was she known after Total Recall, though? I mean, I mean more so, but I mean, Basic Instinct yeah. made her a fucking star. <laughs> that made her a household name. Yes. Just like this one did. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm just trying to think of like <laughs> big like... That's a good comparable, actually. I mean... A big comparable? That's a good one. A like, good, a good... Okay. Sharon, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, okay. I didn't know what you said. I was like, wait, what did you just say? I mean, I think a lot of people took notice of Sharon Stone in Total Recall, probably more so than they took notice of Julia Roberts in Mystic Pizza. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, it wasn't until like their next movie where it's like, holy shit, mm-hmm. this person, yeah. And now everyone knows who they are. Uh, was Jennifer Lawrence known before Hunger Games? Winter's Bone? What the fuck Not is really. That? Winter's Bone. She was nominated for an Oscar for it. What the fuck is that? I don't know. What is that? It's a dark movie. That sounds vaguely familiar. It's like from 2010. It's pretty dark. Okay. But uh, I would say Hunger Games was probably the Mm -hmm. first like big thing. Mm -hmm. Don't quote me on that. that, I don't know her filmography. I don't think that's as good a comparison because that's like like an existing franchise too. Whereas like Pretty Woman is. It's not based on any pre pre existing. 
No, I mean, work, I think right? the guy who wrote the screenplay wrote the book. I, I actually don't know. But like... It's nothing interesting, but like, though. Basic Instinct had no, like, you know... Yeah, that was just Verhoeven being yeah. weird. All right, so let's get into it then. This is the podcast called Why Do We Own This DVD? I always forget we do this part. I'm Diane, that's Sean. We are married. Still. And each week we talk about our a movie... A DVD from our collection. Sometimes mm-hmm. a Blu-ray. Okay. <laughs> same thing. It, okay. <clears throat> Is there an actual media difference between DVDs and Blu-rays? Besides, like, quality? No, I mean, like... You're asking the wrong person, dude. I don't know what you're asking me. It would be like as if we were doing a... a why do we own this VHS? And we have, like, beta. That's a big difference. Those are two separate things, right? Because the Blu-rays and DVDs, you put them in the same thing. It would be like, in order for that to be all encompassing, why would we own this video cassette? And then you could do VHS and you could do beta, and it's still under the umbrella of sure. video cassette. Okay, is a Blu-ray a DVD? Is what I'm asking. It's a digital video disc, right? Yeah, I consider it to be, but okay. again, I'm not smart, so okay. Why do we own this HD DVD? Isn't our Knight's Tale like a weird... Was. Is it still? Well, Remember it was Super Bit and we lost all those bonus features? Oh. We had that weird Super Bit one because it was like... That might be the only one we have. I don't... We don't have two copies. Hmm. Well, we had a regular DVD. Yeah. And I think like it wore out maybe. I... No, I think we're like, ooh, better quality. And then Superbit was like... The next big thing. Some fantastical thing. Yeah, that lasted. The quality was supposed to have been better. I'm sure it cost twice as much. So we bought it, but then we lost the memory space of it, so they they couldn't put like the The special features features. and stuff on it. I've heard um, DVD, the actual physical disc, is more durable than DVDs. Blu-rays, you mean? Oh, what did I... You said DVD and DVD. Yeah, I've heard (laughs) Blu-rays, the actual disc is more durable than a DVD. Sure. So it it handles scratches better. Mm. I don't know. So that's why I wonder if it's still considered a digital video disc. Mm. Because Blu-ray means nothing. This is the most boring conversation we've had on this podcast. We can, we can, we can, we can top it. It's like when I wrote that article for the school paper. But never end. I'd never um, submitted it because I decided it was too boring. It was called the article that never ends. No, it's called why you should switch from VHS to DVD. <laughs> it was when DVDs were mm-hmm. brand spanking new, and the first one I bought was Titanic. <laughs> oh God! Well, it's a fucking good one to own. I'm sorry. So yes, tonight we are talking about a movie from 1990. And you know what? There was very little that betrayed there the was, age, there was except for like the technology, like the, the technology and the vehicles, the vehicles, some of the styles, some of the cl- the women's clothes, especially. Yes, because men's clothes mm-hmm. is always gonna be boring. It's gonna be yeah. It's the same. Yeah, some. I mean, yeah. But the the cars, and you know what little technology we saw. Wasn't we didn't see much? 
I mean, you just have, you know, you don't even have cordless phones. It's corded phones. Well, no, he had the giant. No, I'm thinking like in the house, you know, like. Oh, all, oh, all the yeah, all the landlines were. Landlines. Were custard. Uh-huh. It's not walking on And the cell phones were bricks, like yeah. Zach Morris. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're talking about pretty woman. That sounded weird when I said it. Yeah. Pretty woman. I said it like Roy Orbison. Mm, okay. So, um, when were you aware of this movie? Like, were you aware of it in 1990? I believe so. Okay, because I was 11. Yeah, I was 15. You were 15, so you would have been more aware of it than me. Mm-hmm. I was only aware of the Roxette song. <laughs> I, I think we saw this in the theater as a family. Wow, a rated R movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was never sheltered from. I'm not saying that rating movies. No, it's just surprising. Yeah. No, I mean, because your brother would have been quite young if he was there. Maybe he wasn't. Yeah, he would have been what eight, eight ish. Who knows? I mean, it, there really isn't anything gratuitous in this movie. No. It's more suggest su- suggestive than anything, and even even. Of even what there is, is there's not much. No, there's swearing. And even that, there's not much. Yeah, because I'm even trying I to think, think. I'm like, I think it's more so just the themes. The only time we hear the F word is Jason Alexander Ugh. once. Ugh. I so when this opened, hmm. March 23rd, 1990, actually, I was still 10, I was about to turn 11. The following week. Um, we had already seen Jason Alexander in Seinfeld, right? That started like 89, right? So how weird? I, I can't <laughs> say for sure. I, I think Seinfeld started in 89. So we already So did knew, we know him as the guy from Seinfeld? We knew. I, if you were watching Seinfeld in 89, I don't know how many people were. Maybe it wasn't super popular when it first started. But if you were, that's George Costanza and suddenly it's not. <laughs> and I don't think he ever did a role like this again because he was too well known as George Costanza. So he couldn't do a villain. So it just seems it's, it's interesting how I'm sure he did this. I, I wonder when. Because this was when filmed. In, when in 89, the first episode of Seinfeld aired. Because this was filmed, what, like May, June 89. When, when did this movie drop? When was this well, movie released? I mean, it was released March twenty third, nineteen ninety. It was filmed during the er, like early summer of eighty nine. So, well, I mean, so the movie came out early ninety. Yeah. When would Seinfeld have started? Probably fall eighty nine. So we I'm only guessing. So we we at the most we've seen George Costanza for six months, if that. So really, he probably wasn't yeah. George Costanza yet. I mean, he was, but not yeah. in the collective memory. Um, yeah, I was aware of the Roxette song. I loved Roxette, so I love the song, Must Have Been Love, which isn't, doesn't come on until the very end. What, you're watching the cat? And he's laying on the he, cords, let him lay on the cords. What is he doing? Why is he spooning the mixer? Of course, I knew of this movie. I just, was, mm-hmm. I was like, well, I can't see that. And I probably didn't see it until high school. 
Well, I'm guessing I mean, realistically, it wasn't, I'm sure, sometime in high school at a friend's house, sleepover, you know, one of those things. Yeah, I can see that. So this movie directed by Gary Marshall. Um, but I was trying to think of what else he did besides Princess Diaries. Did he do like, no, that was his sister, Penny Marshall. Peggy Sue got married. I don't know her body of work. But it's interesting. I feel like if you were to watch Pretty Woman and then Princess Diaries, there's so, I mean, besides him using a lot of the same people, they're basically the same story. You found some movies he did? Did he do League of Their Own? I thought Penny Marshall did that. Okay. Did he? They, but I'm sure they worked together. Do you not know how to look at a filmography? Oh, wow. I I don't know why you look at IMDb. (laughs) Because it gives me everything I need to know. Oh, but you have to, it's impossible to navigate. Well, no, because it tells me, it breaks it up by, by, by credit. Okay, good luck. Um, yeah, the only thing I'm like super familiar with, I think, is Princess Diaries. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which again, this and Pretty Woman, I mean, that and Pretty Woman would make such a good double feature. I'm sure people have done it. Oh, he did Frankie and Johnny. Is Uma Thurman in that? No, I'm thinking of something else. That's it, Frankie and Johnny is Michelle Pfeiffer and, and Al Pacino. Pacino. Oh, I'm thinking of that rated X movie. Henry and June. <laughs> it's two names. Uma's in that. Uma's in that? Yeah. Isn't she? It doesn't matter. I think. You're looking at me like I'm... And it's not rated X. It was NC-17. It was well, the first one. Well, you know what I meant. <laughs> Come on. Cla- you gotta... It's classy. <laughs> he did Exit to Eden? Yeah, Uma's in there. Oh, she is? Okay. Yeah. I never saw it. Fred Ward. Edward. What? The dude from Tremors? Is in a... Okay. Anyway. Gary Marshall also did Runaway Bride. Yeah, which I never saw. I did. Never saw... Don't Run- remember it. It's so weird. It seemed... Because it came out a month after Notting Hill, and it's like you saw one... You It made a shit ton of money because it was... It was them again. It was them again. I never saw it. I preferred Notting Hill that year, which... We've talked about. Okay. Oh, yeah. He did that Valentine's Day movie. From, oh, a co- that, not, not the horror movie. No, no, no. Think of a horror movie. That huge ensemble. That Yeah. That big oh, he did? Yeah. With Taylor Swift? And Taylor Lautner? Maybe. I'm looking through the credits. Okay. This has now become boring. Okay. Gary Marshall directed. Yes, Taylor Swift. Yeah. Um, and so it start. we, we meet Edward Lewis played by Richard Gere, who in 1990, it's pretty damn good looking. How old was he? Um, I was trying to figure it out just by looking at his face. Well, he was born in 49. So 89, he would have been 40. So, 40. He's 40-year-old Richard Gere is pretty good looking. 
and he was good looking 10 years later yeah. in Chicago. I mean, um, Richard Gere. You know what his middle name is? Tiffany. Richard Tiffany Gear. I wonder who he's named after. It's got to be like a grandmother or something. Yeah. Oh. Oh no, it's a last name. His a mm. last name, mm-hmm. Tiffany. Second, his yeah. So anyway, is he is important. he heir to the Tiffany Empire? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, he attended University of Massachusetts Amherst on a gymnastics scholarship. You know, I think I knew that once. He can dance. Um, yeah, Richard Gere, he's just very easy to look at. I, can't, I don't even know. He is. Like, I wasn't watching last night going, oh, okay, he's hot. And also, three years younger than me, which is bananas. Um, but I was like, he's just really easy to look at. Isn't that weird? I don't know. No, I get it. I mean, because that's that's the phrase "easy on the eyes." Yeah, I mean, I think he <laughs> might have invented that phrase. He really is. What did you think of the character of Edward Lewis? Um, I wouldn't have liked him when I was eleven. He, but as a forty-three-year-old with high-functioning anxiety, he's calming, right? He's, he's kind of calming, even though he's super anxious. You know, like he has high functioning because he hides it, but his, he's like the heights thing and because but he's, he's super chill, he, <laughs> but yet I mean, super anxious. And he, he all, he's all, I think he's a little too perfect as a character. I mean, like he's almost not believable. I could see that. It, it almost made him kind of boring. Well, he's there to make Julie Roberts shine. Which, I mean, you know what? He fucking does. Yeah. But. And he was even told by Gary Marshall, you need to pull it back. Oh, really? This isn't your movie. And he and not in a mean way, you right, know, right, like, right. not in like an like e- it's ego not, way. It's not but a pretty man. <laughs> yeah. He even, yeah, he's, which I think you can see that in his performance. But, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like he was too good of a care oh frankie don't come in here all you guys are here now oh god you guys we have three cats in the same room i know frankie you felt left out you can't there's the other two are they're right dude they're right here you can't be here squirrel let's go frankie what did you think of the movie you didn't watch it because you were upstairs um she walked away she's like yeah i know i didn't see it but yeah i i mean like as a as a character he's like you know a a perfect gentleman at all times, mm-hmm. really. I mean, yeah. And I mean, he's got it made in the shade. He's got all the money he would ever need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's the picture perfect definition of disposable income. Do you think though, like, he can't like spend his money fast enough, like pre Vivian, do you think he's happy? I think pre Vivian he didn't care about anyone. And it showed because mm-hmm. that conversation with his Jessica. That's how the with, movie starts. He with his girlfriend. Yeah, and I was like, was that his girlfriend? Yes, let's break up. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> Basically how the conversation went. Are the, you gonna move out? Okay. We'll, we'll talk about this when I get back. We're talking about it now. Okay, that's fine. Are you gonna move out? Yes. Okay. Goodbye, Jessica. Yeah. And <laughs> 
She's fed up with being his beck and call girl. And even when he runs into that his other ex girlfriend who was already now married. Yeah, she's she, like, did you did did you speak to my secretary more than me? And she's like, like she was my she was my bride, one of my bridesmaids. Yeah. So I mean, he he he's able to maintain like professional relationships, mm-hmm. even with his personal relationships to an extent. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he'll break up with you, and he'll still be your friend if you want it to be that way. But yeah, if there's no, you know. Like with this ex girlfriend lady, the one who was married, they were perfectly like nice to each other. And He's like, so yeah, when we were dating, and she's like, oh yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like it very it's matter of if, fact. It's almost as if dating was a a business transaction to him. Yeah, maybe it was. So do you kind of? Because I'm kind of thinking, like, is he like a Jerry Maguire? But he's not a player like Jerry Maguire was. No, no, G- no, because he. Jerry Maguire was very codependent. I mean, he but he couldn't commit. Remember the video? He can't commit. Well, yeah, I mean that. Yeah. Yeah. But he always needed someone. Yeah. Yeah. So Edward Lewis, he's a high-powered corporate raider. So mm-hmm. he buys buildings. That's what he does. He buys and dismantles struggling companies um, and then sells the assets off for profit. Mm-hmm. And we start the movie off. He's at some kind of business party breaking up with his girlfriend over the phone i mean it's his own party (laughs) yeah and then he leaves the party he takes his lawyer's car his lawyer is um stucky stucky played by uh aforementioned jason alexander um he what kind of car piece of shit a lotus Lotus Esprit. esprit which ask anyone now what that is and they won't even know they what? still exist. They're nicer now. We but saw, most people don't we know. We saw it. one. Great. A modern one. Okay. Do it, I'm, when we're at... You making, know what this one looked like? It looked like a 1989 Toyota Celica. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the same size as like the Toyota MR2. It's a piece of shit. We we saw one out when we were walking at Nathan Fillion's house. <laughs> that sounded... It was that sketchy. little that little car kind of by uh-huh, the um, coffee uh-huh, bean. Uh-huh, remember uh-huh. was at the end of Yes. The, you know what? I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I think lo- you pointed it out. Yeah, it was, that was a $35,000 Lotus Esprit California. Not very expensive. No, they're, they're For cheap. a sports car. Well, he takes this Lotus Esprit, doesn't know how to drive it, ends up on Hollywood Boulevard in the city's red light district. Yeah, he's trying to get back to his hotel. In Beverly Hills. Yeah. Doesn't know how to get anywhere. He probably came from the downtown or the valley. Hmm. I I want to say downtown. A lot of tall buildings. What? Yeah, what were they at? Were they at like a... Were they at a different hotel? What? I should look like an apartment. I right, don't know. It did, right? But with weird valet parking. Oh, this says Hollywood Hills. So, yeah. So, it was someone's house. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, he ends up on Hollywood Boulevard, and there he encounters... Vivian Ward... A prostitute. Do we... Now... Well, I just want to preface the language in 19... We've changed how we talk Mm -hmm. about sex workers. Mm -hmm. 1990, it was hookers and prostitutes. So we're going to be using the language they're using in the movie. Just FYI. That was her 
Vivian Ward is her real name in the movie yeah. throughout. She yeah. never uses like a. Mm-hmm. I had thought for some reason that she I had was thought a different name? that Vivian was like her street name. Oh, no, that's and we find out her regular name or her regular her real name later, but we never do. So it's all. <laughs> oh, I got a coffee. Okay. Twelve seconds later. Oh my God, that was a. Coffee. You okay? Mm, sure. All right. <clears throat> so Vivian Ward, of course, played by Julia Roberts. Um. In a blonde, short blonde hair wig. In a, in a, god Oh damn. my goodness. Hang on, let's pause real quick. Three days later. Okay, I'm back. I died 17 yeah, times. Yeah, he had an attack. Um. So yeah, Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts. <laughs> Julia Roberts. Rib- Roberts. Uh-huh. Terrible wig. Yeah. I mean, it's... And it's, it's not supposed to be... We're supposed to... Like, when we see her natural hair, we're supposed to be like, oh, my... God. And we are. But... Yeah. No, yeah. It's funny because otherwise quite sexy in her street her, gear. Yes. It's a... It's... Well, it's become kind of a iconic outfit. Oh, I Tall suppose. boots and that dress with cut-out sides and stuff. With the weird rings that holding yeah. the top to the bottom and her big red jacket. And, yeah. Um... And what do we know about Vivian? We know that she... She's new. She's new. Um, she seems that's, to have that's a... That's all we know, really. Well, she seems to have more of a head on her shoulders than... Well, she's like, not into drugs. Not since she was 14. Because she has a friend named Kit, played by Laura... San Giacomo. San Giacomo. From Just Shoot Me. <laughs> like, that's what I know her from. <laughs> I love Laura San Giacomo. Well... No, I do. No, she's adorable. Yeah, I know. I love Kit. Like, <laughs> I just want... You, yeah, you do have potential. Let me hug you. Um, But yeah, we we tell... We can just tell that she, yeah, seems a bit more responsible. Yeah. Kit is the hot mess and, you know... Vivian's like, okay. Vivian's the one holding the whole thing together. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Edward... Vivian notices Edward in his car that he can't really drive and so she goes uh, approaches him you know as she would and he needs directions and well, at at kit's urging go get him go get him yeah don't take less than 100 bucks yeah because they i mean they know this is some guy some dumb guy with money yeah they're like, look at that car and she's like, that's a lotus esprit and so she he needs directions but um she gets in and She's like, wow, you can't drive this. And we then we know that we we learn that she actually knows about cars. And so he's like, you want to drive? And so she drives it for him. Um, He pays her to do this, to drive him to the Regent Beverly Wilshire Hotel. Is that a real hotel? Yeah, I believe. So. Seems like a lot of L.A. words in, in one. If it's not, it, it has the names of. Other real hotels. Yeah. I think it is. Reach, Bev, Will. I think it is. And so, yeah, to get to the hotel, she's like, well, here you are. And take the cab back or the bus, whatever. And I mean, for the bargain basement price of 20 bucks. Yeah. She made 20 bucks on this. Not a lot. And 
I don't know if like Edward feels bad for her or if he's genuinely like well, interested he, in he's her. He's genuinely intrigued by her. Yeah, because um she's Julia Roberts and not not looks wise, but she's just you can't help but be attracted to her personality. Yeah. That sounds silly when I say that. It's her personality, but it really is. And she does it so well. Because you're like, oh, yeah, she's funny and she's not a snob and she's very self-aware and and I mean and she cannot she's cap she's obviously capable of having some kind of conversation, like an actual conversation. Yeah. Because she's you know, explaining to him about why she knows about cars because of all the boys in her. Yeah, they would build them and she would watch. Yeah. Yeah. And then Edward's like, he decides to, he invites her into his hotel, to his hotel, to his penthouse. And I do like that. I mean, Edward has, he's overflowing with just, Self-confidence and just he, because he doesn't try to hide who she is. He's not, he's never embarrassed by what she looks like. Because he, he knows she obviously stands out in this hotel, you know. Yeah. And he does give her like his big overcoat. Like a trench coat. Put this on. To vaguely put on just because. She doesn't. But (laughs) but she still is just, you know, a complete fish out of water. Yes. Which is endearing. And I mean, and he is, he's, doesn't show any embarrassment to be with her at yeah. all. Even though he knows what, you know, people are looking at, what they're yeah. thinking. Yeah. He doesn't care. No, he finds her charming. Um, So yeah, takes her to the penthouse and, you know, they just kind of, he's like, you want to talk? And she's like, mm, okay. And I mean, he has champagne, champagne and, and strawberries sent up. And the whole time... Like, the audience and Edward were just falling in love with Vivian. Like, they do a really good job at getting you on her side right away. I think, well, I think, yeah, Julia Roberts makes it very easy. Yes, in any movie, even. It's weird how she can have that kind of, I guess, charm. Because there's something, even though she's. Stunning and a movie but star, she, but she makes it seem so regular. Yeah, that was good. that's what I was getting at. Like she's not regular pretty. Because you look at her, you're like, oh, I could be friends with her, and it doesn't feel silly to think of. No, she makes it just every, every she makes everything just seem so normal. The only time she doesn't, the only movie hmm. where she doesn't seem regular is um closer, which we talked about. Where everyone's unlikable. She's married to uh, Clive, C- Owen. Clive Owen, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That movie was intense. Yeah, I, know, <laughs> I know. And that is that the movie that we weren't old enough to watch. Yeah, yet? we're like, this is for adults. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so she, um, so he, he's you know asking her rates. You know, she's like a hundred dollars an hour, and he's like, well, how much would be if you spent the whole night with me? I like that she's like you can't afford me, and her her price the her price is three hundred. He's like done. <laughs> yeah. Nowadays, and I'm like I can afford three. <laughs> what are you? Like, Come that's on, not Vivian. Impressive. That's- At least five. Come on. 
So she spends the night. They do end up um, sleeping together mm-hmm. uh, after watching some I Love Lucy and. Yeah, the when she's stupid watching grape stomping when she's laying on the floor though. I love it. Yeah. Like she's so cute. Yeah. And yes, again, that's her going, uh, I'm making everyone fall in love with me right now. And I think that's Vivian's way of that's her lost teenage self. Mm. That's that teenage that those she, teenage years she never had. Yeah. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah. And even she's like, I never saw this episode. <clears throat> And it's like, probably something that she used to watch. And I'm like, everyone's seen this episode. But well, if you chased loser number three to California, then yeah. Yeah, if you quit school I'm sure you missed out a lot of grade stuff. And, yeah. yeah. So then the next day, um, that's, he, he's at the table, like on a phone call with f- food spread out. She comes out in a bat in the hotel bathroom and her big old hair. Oh. Which um, is supposed to be like bedhead. I'm sorry, but, but I mean, that is 11 hours in hair and makeup. I mean, the great, well, and the great thing about Julie Roberts and her hair is that it'll never look out of style, never look dated. No. Because she has that hair. I mean, and, and it's part of her signature look. I mean, she has it in My Best Friend's Wedding, which I always think is her best looking move like that, her best look. hair is 90 percent of the poster for my best friend's wedding well and <laughs> yeah and assuming a lot of people didn't see mystic pizza some people might have been like oh look at that hair it could have been not a, a not a well-known thing at this point and i noticed she's constantly fluffing it in this movie well, yeah. You know? And I'm I like, would too. Look how fucking perfect that hair is. You know, I don't hate her for it. She's like, can I use your bath? And of course, we get the famous bathtub scene where she has the headphones on. She's singing along to Prince. I just want your extra time and your chaos. Yeah. And then he asks her, he basically hires her to be his girlfriend for a week. Be my companion, whatever. You're an employee. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he basically For just a, hires like a week long escort. Yeah, to to appear at these like business events with him. Yeah. Um, while attempting to take over uh shipbuilder James Morse's company. So he's kinda kinda using her, but also but not in a I think he generally thinks like this would be fun. <laughs> A fun week. And I don't... And, you know, he is paying her. Well, you know, okay. Weirdly, what I would compare it to would be as if Michael Scott from The Office... Does have nearly enough swagger, but okay. Just needed some kind of, you know... Arm candy? Arm candy. And took, you know, Pam or whatever her name is. Angela? No, the other one. The other... Ellie. Oh. Uh, what yeah, I don't remember her name. Fuck is her name? You know, to like... Ellie Kemper, yeah. Ellie Kemper. To, you know, some paper manufacturing convention or whatever. The fact that you're comparing Michael Scott to Edward Lewis, come on. <laughs> That's not even... The fact that I'm comparing Steve Carell to Richard Gere <laughs> should be... 
I mean, you believe the swagger, Richiger. You did not. I'm sorry. It's I, not. I I, I can actually see that. See them parodying Pretty Woman in an episode of The Office. Oh, that would be awful. <laughs> like he's going to take cues from <sighs> Richard Gere. So he offers her $3,000 and a new wardrobe for six days. And I guess that's a lot of money for. Yeah, I mean, this was thirty years ago. Thirty plus, yeah. Because I was, I, I'm like watching all night. I'm like, I I'm like, I, I don't want... remember it only being three grand. But I mean, especially to someone like Vivian, that's gonna go a long way. So she's excited. She accepts, and then she's excited to go shopping on Rodeo Drive. But no one is nice to her. She goes to um, some snooty dress store. Yeah, with. Not a real name attached to it. I don't think we even see the name. You see like the back of it, but it's not like a Gucci. It couldn't. It wasn't. Oh, like do a, you see the? I don't. I didn't even know. Yeah, I couldn't pronounce it. It looked like it was French. <clears throat> um, where this is also a a famous scene where I feel like all the scenes are famous well, scenes. Yeah, she's in her work clothes, <laughs> and the women are like, "I'm sorry, there's nothing for you here." I mean, they're bitches. Please leave. And. So then she, you know, she gets, she's upset. She's like, shopping wasn't as fun as I thought it would be. She turns to the hotel manager, Barney. I mean, they, she's trying to get back up to her room. And Barney Thompson, Barnard Thompson. Played by? Everyone's favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know how to describe him. Because, like... I mean, he's a grumpy softy. I don't know. Yeah, he's the grumpy guy with the heart of gold. Yes. I mean, who? what's his name in uh, Princess Diaries? I don't remember. Uh, you keep talking. <laughs> Is it Hector? <laughs> <laughs> keep talking. Uh-huh. But yeah, he Hector Eliz- Elizondo yep. plays Barnard. <laughs> okay, not a... Probably the most unbelievable character, Barnard Thompson. I'm supposed to believe that Hector Elizondo plays a guy named Barnard Thompson. He played Joe. Oh, that's right. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't Anne Hathaway say, like, so is it Joey or just Joe? I think so. And he grumpily says, I think so, yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. But yeah, Barney Thompson needs to maintain a certain look within the hotel. And in walks Viv, who quite clearly doesn't belong. And yeah. he's kind of, I mean, he, he's a little um, kind of harassing her a little yeah. bit. You know, yeah, like, at first. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you here? Who, who, what, who are you who, with? Because you're supposed to be Edward Lewis's yes. guest. Because, yeah, she doesn't look like she belongs there still. She's like, no, I'm staying on the penthouse with them. Because she doesn't even know his name. Ever. She's like, because mm. then, then the 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 bellhop, the elevator attendant. Uh huh. <coughs> Goodness. Uh huh. She sees him. He knows me. Yeah, and he's like, yes, she's Edward Lewis's guest or whatever. Yeah, but so she then, she kind of tells him, you know, what happened on when trying I, to shop, and, and so and yeah, and Barney is looking at her, going, well. You're his. You're the guest of like one of our rich, richest guests. Yeah, most respected, and yeah, he's got money. So 
So he kind of creates the cover story of, okay, you're his niece. Mm -hmm. We'll say that. Ha ha. Yep. But then her whole thing is I went to go buy it. Cause, oh, because he's kind of, st he's still kind of talking down to her about her appearance. Yeah. And she's like, I tried to go buy a dress, but they were mean to me. Yeah. And she pulls out this, okay, this ridiculous wad of cash. You can tell she's never held this much money in her life. And she I'm doesn't like, know how to hold on to I'm it. And I'm like, he didn't give it to you like that. Why does it look like that now? She doesn't know how to hold that like, much she's, cash. She's like holding like loose lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like shoving it into Barney's hands and he's putting it all back. Yep. He, he hands her his handkerchief and then he gets on the phone and she thinks he's going to call the cops. He ends up calling a woman she he knows from like I guess a big department store or it's some other some like, other, like boutique like yeah. cloak yeah, clothing outfitter. Yeah. And By a cocktail like, dress. I'm sending a girl over there. Bridget, right? Did he call her? Hey, Bridget. That's the... Right? That was her name, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. He's like, hey, Bridget, I'm sending this girl over there. She needs, you know, a new dress. Mm -hmm. Help her shop. Yep. And Bridget is a... She's the nicest I fucking know. lady. I know. She doesn't even, like, take I mean, a second... Doesn't even, like, look her up and down. She's no. like, okay. Yeah. All you right. Know. Let's find you a dress. I know exactly what size you are. What size do you need? Six. Yeah. She's... Oh, he's... She's like... We're having dinner. Oh, so you all need a cocktail dress. Yeah. Um. So that night is the the business dinner with the Morses. <laughs> what um, I, I do like when after she's gotten her dress, she comes back to Barney. Barney, it doesn't fit. No, the dress fits. I need help with something oh, else. Oh, yes. Yeah. And so he's walking her through the, the dinner etiquette. Which, of course, we see in Princess Diaries. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a little With the same guy. Nod. Yeah. <laughs> um, teaches her y'all the different forks she's like and you can just tell she's never gonna get this I mean and really all he has to say is eat outward or eat inward I mean I wouldn't know you start from the outside in but he's like count the tines if you don't know no and so we see her like because I mean the these dinner settings are um, Russian style dinner settings where all the silverware is out all the plates are out. Yeah. And it's subtractive dining. You mm. that by the end of the meal everything will be gone because it goes yeah. less and less and less. So you work your from the outside in. That's mm -hmm. all you have to say, but yeah, well to make it more I guess funny and endearing. More movie savvy, I guess. Yeah. So they have dinner with um James and his grandson David, who's gonna be taking over when grandpa kicks it. Um but the meeting doesn't go well. James and David are unimpressed by Edwards wanting to buy and sell off their company. Um, yeah, I mean, and they. And I don't. I mean, nothing. It's funny because nothing happens at that dinner meeting. We're just meant to assume that there was some major disagreement because we're watching. But nothing Vivian. is said. There's nothing said really. We're watching Vivian the whole time. Vivian, if we're meant to. We're not supposed to really be paying old, attention old to man what they're Old Man Morse treats Vivian very sweetly. And yeah, and they both do. So does the only, yeah. Those two are the only ones who are actually like cordial. Yeah. Like yeah. like David could he can go kick rocks. I mean, right. I mean he he's, he's, he's not an asshole. He's a non entity. Yeah. 
him and him and Edward have a, a little bit of tension. And then old man Morris and Edward have a little bit of tension. And then a lot of tension at the end. But but I mean the only two who are polite to each other are Vivian and Old Man Morris. Yeah. And even when he when I'm gonna cough again. Even when I Old Man Morris uh-huh. leaves the dinner, I like when he says to Vivian, Good, Good luck. Good luck with him. <laughs> yeah. Um so the dinner doesn't go well. But they go back to the penthouse and, you know, Edward ends up opening up to Vivian about his, a little bit more about his personal life, business life, the relationship he had with his late father, or the non-relationship. Because, yeah, because uh, old man Morris brings up Edward's dad at the dinner. Mm. Do you remember his dad's name? I didn't until I saw this. <clears throat> no fucking clue. Carter. Oh, God. I know. I know. Continue. I mean, and, you know, he mentioned something about how he had once had a business relationship with Edward's dad. Mm-hmm. And then Edward tells him that his dad has recently passed or whatever. A month and, ago, yeah. He tells Vivian, yeah, a month yeah. ago. But, I mean, there's no sign of, like, any kind of paternal issues until it's Edward and Vivian alone. Mm-hmm. And he tells her that he hasn't spoken to his father in, like, 14 and a half years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all this, yeah. So when Edward's attorney... Stucky? I thought it was his lawyer. This says attorney. Same? What is the difference? I don't know. Because, well, first they called him the lawyer, now they're calling him as the attorney. I guess it's the same, but they don't use the same language in this paragraph. Or in this... It would be like as if I... Oh, my God. His dad, and then his father. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It, it threw me, okay? Because I was like, wait? So, um, Edward and Vivian go to a polo match. This is after we get a really fun makeover montage. Or not not a makeover, but a shopping montage. Who doesn't love a fucking Boy, that's shopping the... montage? Yeah. Yeah, right. Because they go to Larry Miller. <laughs> right? This is before the polo because it doesn't. Yeah, yeah, anything. yeah, yeah. Because yeah, because well, because uh, that's where she gets uh, the brown dress. Because Edward mentions, you know, oh, she, you know, I I would have thought you would have bought more. She's like, no, it wasn't fun. He's like, what do you mean it wasn't fun? And yeah. then when he she said tells him they were mean, and he's like, they were mean to you. And so then he goes with her shopping mm-hmm. <laughs> to um. I don't know what the clothing store is, but we I go think to see it's another Mr. No Name store. Yeah, they go to see Mr. Hollister, <laughs> manager of the store. Uh, Mr. Hollister, played by Mary L- Larry Miller, Mary Liller, <laughs> Larry right? Miller, who's of course another Princess Dark. <laughs> like Gary Marshall uses the same people in all his movies, which is great. Yeah. Um, but we've we've talked to him about him on this podcast when we did our Ten Things I Hate About You podcast or episode because mm-hmm, he's the dad. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Hollister is a kiss-ass, but a good one. Well, I mean, because, I mean, Edward makes it very clear. He's like, we're going to spend a lot of money. Yeah. And he's like, oh, she, okay. She needs to have a good time. Yeah. And she does. And he, They get pizza. Basically, he's like, show and- her a good time. Treat her nice. And I like when he's like, there's not enough sucking up. Yeah. So then Larry Miller starts saying, oh, you're not only a handsome man, but you're, you're like, no, not me, her. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know what? I'm not a shopper. You know, I'm not a shopper. That looks fucking fun, though. Come if on. I got treated like this, I'd be like, that'd be really fun. A fun few hours. I mean. Yeah. Pizza. Why? Well, I, I like when he's like, the pizza shows up. Who ordered pizza? And it, it was Vivian. <laughs> yeah. So one of the dresses she gets during this montage is that brown white polka dot dress that I was obsessed with. With a matching hat? Matching hat. Belted. She wears that. They go to a polo match, mm-hmm. which I'm sorry. Polo matches, just, they just look boring to me. Um, And that's where <laughs> Edward tells Stucky, um, not really planning on telling him, but just kind of happens. As a way to get him to shut up. Yeah, because Stucky's like, I think you're. Your girlfriend she, is she's a, a spy. Because he sees her talking to David, who's yeah. playing in the in the match. Because I mean, and she Stucky, doesn't know anyone there, and then no. she sees one person. And he's she's like, met. "Look at my horse!" And so, blah blah, she, you know, whatever. You know, she likes horses. The horse girl. Um, and so Edward's like, after Stucky's like, "Oh, she's a spy and all this." He's like, "No, she's a hooker." Like I met her on Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah, and we just know we're like, "Oh shit, yeah, you should have said yeah. that." This is where it starts to unravel a little bit. And of course, Stucky being the gross man that he is, uh, goes up to Vivian and like, he's like, so when he makes a comment and she knows right away, oh, fuck, he knows. Edward told him. I I think uh, I really like, well, no, I, I, I think Stucky is a great character. I don't like him. No, no, I know. He's a yeah. fantastic character, though. Like, well, he's the perfect villain. Like, Jason Alexander plays him, like, per- fucking perfectly. Yeah. Like, just the... Because you're just, like, you're swarmy and... Grossest... Yeah. ...guy who you know exists Which is in real life. funny that it's George Costanza. That's why it's yeah. just so funny. After. Like, this... He wouldn't... They wouldn't have been able to cast him if this came out in 92. They're like, we can't cast George Costanza as this. It would have been, you know. Wait, no, you know. Huh? What was, what did he say in the producers? Nathan Lane. Oh, that's right. We saw him in God the damn producers. it. I can't remember now. Yeah, I don't remember. Where? Yeah. That's right. He wasn't, we mm-hmm. did see him in the we producers. Saw him, we saw Jason Alexander live. Yes. <laughs> um. So yeah, Vivian then... Is hurt, mad. She's, she's mad. so mad. She's yeah, mad at Edward for rightly so. I would be furious too. Um, and then you know Edward, you know, tries to apologize. Well, I like when he tells her that, like, but like you, no one. Like the only you, time that she's ever feel, felt cheap or whatever, yeah, was that day. Was He's today. like, I have a hard time believing that. And then I like when she's like, I, I want my money. I want to get out of here. Yeah. So he pulls out yeah. $3,000, throws it on the bed, and she's got her arms, you know, full of her clothes, and she leaves the money mm-hmm. and walks out. And then he sees that the money is still there, yeah. so he follows her out to the elevator, and that, he tells that's her- That's when he knows that it's more than, like, he yeah. knows he's fucked up. And, yeah, and then he tells her, he didn't, he's like, when I saw you talking to David, I didn't like it. Yeah. And- that's when he kind of realizes that he's 
fallen much more than he realizes. That yeah, that's the I think that's the first like to him, that's the first realization that you know. Yeah. Maybe there's something more. Yeah, and this, you know, this says he realizes that Vivian's straightforward personality is rubbing off on him. And I, I like when, you know, they they don't quite reconcile, but they come to an understanding, you know, mm-hmm. of what gets her to walk back out from the ho- the hallway. God damn. Yeah. Uh huh. What am I trying to say? I don't know. What gets her to go to back, go back into the into, room? Yes. She tells him, "You hurt me," and he's like, "I know." He's like, she's like. Don't do it again. Yeah. I was like, fuck. Yeah. Even I got scared. Yeah. Well, and then um, Edward takes Vivian via. Yeah. He takes the day off, which he's never done. Yeah. Because they're. He's a workaholic. They're, they're, they're sort of playing chess. Okay. Right. Uh-huh. And then they're kind of laughing, having a, a you know, a nice time. And then. He tells her something about, you know, I'll come, I'll see you after, you know, whatever, tomorrow. And she's like, don't go in. Yeah. Take, take, a, take day a day off. off. And so he does. And so they do a bunch of shit. They go horseback riding. They do. And they they do picnic like and three weeks worth of activities in like eight hours. Yeah. I'm like, she's wearing a different outfit every time they're doing something different. I'm like, that's some serious wardrobe changes. And then. um, Like, I don't even know they, where you go horseback riding in Hollywood. Up in, you know, by the zoo. But then they're all <laughs> John by, by Griffith Wayne Park. Ranch. I don't know what it's called. Yeah. Um, and then we know they're gonna go somewhere special because she is wearing a red dress. And this is again this, famous this scene. it might be the most famous scene. I think it is. I think it is. Because then we get the. If you ever have montages at the Oscars, because you get the most, you get this. Scene. This gives you the most famous scene with audio because you need to hear it. Yeah. And it was totally spontaneous. Because yeah, he she's. I mean, she looks amazing. Yeah, the red. I mean, you red dress, white gloves, big old hair with her big old mouth. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, I mean, hey. I love a big old mouth. I love big okay. eyes, big mouth. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, she's she she looks the way she does. Amazing. And he tells her something's missing. Mm-hmm. And she's like, what? I got everything, you know. Nothing else is going to fit in this dress because it's tight. It It's, it's form-fitting, but it doesn't look She's not spilling out. She's, yeah, and she's not spilling out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's not, she's not visibly busting out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's got a little blue box, and he—it's not like, little. It's well, a, I mean, it's the size he, of his hand. He's got a—he—it's the size of a of a lug, luxury CD case. Okay. Uh huh. That they would put like the first copy of ACD in. Okay. For presentation. Okay. And I I do like before he even opens it, he's like, just so you know, this isn't a gift. It's. Unblown. Alone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he opens it up and it's this. I mean, is it nice looking? Yeah, I think it. I think it looks in the, in the box. It looks okay. On her, it looks great. Yeah, but, I mean, but you the, know, they're diamonds. 
I mean, it's yeah. like diamonds and rubies, I think. Isn't yeah, there red? They're red because it matches her dress. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's a bunch of like linked earrings, hearts. Yeah. Earrings and just a chain of rubies or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And, the, and the earrings. And she, I mean, it looks great on her when, she, you know, she's mm-hmm. walking around. Looks like a million bucks. I, Are what, you going to get to the part $250,000? Quarter million. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's holding it open. And of course, she. Touches it and she he claps it down on her fingers. Yep, and she and you get that that it's not even it's almost like a, a like well because it wasn't because yeah. she didn't know he was going to do that and so it's almost an exclamation of like yeah she's startled and then she laughs it off close to a scream yeah <laughs> yeah I mean it's it's pretty close to perfect it might be a perfect scene as short as it is so he takes her by private jet to San Francisco the San Francisco Opera to see La Triviata. Um, and, you know, I like, you know, they go up in their booth. Of course, she has the funny. <laughs> With her opera glasses, they don't work. Mine are broken. They're broken. <laughs> she does it so well. I mean, it's so fucking funny. I don't know. It's just every time it's funny. And he's like, the thing about opera either. It's like two kinds of people. The people. I loved that. His. Yeah. His little speech. Yeah. Um. How he's just, yeah describing people's reactions to opera. Yeah, I forgot what they were. So you can it's like you, either you love it and it becomes part of your soul. You love it for or, life, and yeah. you love it for life, or you know you're okay with it and you just you never learn to appreciate it. Yeah. And so she's what are watching. you? I'm the second. I'm I love the, opera. I see. I don't. I started crying. Well, I was getting emotional just watching Julia Roberts get emotional. I, I, I started getting. Emotion before we even see her again. So I'm Richard Gere and you're Julia Roberts. I get it. <laughs> but I did like. But the 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 story. I mean, it, it kind of mirrors the movie. Of course, you know the story of La Traviata, the story of a prostitute who falls in love with a rich man. In the- ah, <laughs> and we have a dance. In- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sean was singing Moulin Rouge during that. But uh, I I did like how. We see her, her, her progression from never seeing opera before mm-hmm. to getting so into it. Like her, you. I mean, I mean, she's like we see her hand, you know, over the edge of the balcony. Yeah, just like she's just leaned forward, and you see, and then that you she's see the mo- tears in her eyes. Yeah, I was like, yes, that's amazing. Yeah, it's it's great, and when they get. Back to Los Angeles that she... Uh, oh, I li- well, huh? I like when after the opera's over, the, the oh, old the lady old next door is like, did you like it, dear? Uh-huh. She's like, oh, I loved it. I almost peed my pants. I almost peed my pants. And the woman's like... Oh. She said she liked it better than Pirates of Penzance. Yeah. And then she's, she's trying to... Like, were those all the syllables yeah, that I heard? Because yeah. I don't think so. Um. So then that night, that's, she breaks her, her no-kissing rule. Because she has a rule, never kiss on the mouth. Mm-hmm. Kit's rule and, you know, just a standard rule she's always had. But she breaks that rule, which is a big deal. Because mm-hmm. she loves him. She even says, I love you. And I, does she know she says it? Because it. I'm, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. Because she doesn't have any kind of reaction to saying it. She just says it. And then that's. Does she think that he's sleeping? Because he hears it. 
But yeah, does she say because she's sleeping? (laughs) I don't know. know. Were you talking in your sleep? Uh, Because this says, after mistakenly believing Edward is asleep, Vivian admits that she loves him. Okay. Um, But, of course, Edward has to go back to New York. Like this was only a one week thing. I mean, yeah, his the one the Morse deal is almost over. Yeah. And he knows this and he offers Vivian, you know, he's like, This will get you off the streets. I'll put you up in in a nice condo. I'll give you basically basically an allowance. Now is he offering to bring her to New York? Is that what that was? No. Or is that in LA. He's gonna put her up in, in LA and he'll just come visit her. She even says like whenever you're passing through. Yeah. Let's, yeah, it's a shitty deal, I think. I mean, I mean it's, especially... it's love in a cold climate. The mm-hmm. French guy. Well, maybe. Hang on, let's, <laughs> let me take a quick break again. So we were talking about how Edward had offered, you know, to put uh-huh. Viv up. In a condo in later. L.A. Is this after their final meeting with Morse? When he kind of changes the deal with the old man Morse, I thought it was because before this is before. No, isn't yes. it? Yes. Oh, this is before. Mm, actually, I don't know. Because I mean, well, because while they're, I mean, even while they're together, Vivian, she's kind of taking. Yeah, this is. She's taking an interest in like Edward's before. Edward's work. She's this, trying to. Understand what he does for a living. She's like, so you don't make anything. You don't build anything. You don't build anything. What? How do you? What do you do? And he's like, well, we take, you know, failing companies and we yeah. break them up and we sell them. She's like, oh, like a like a chop shop when he's stolen cars. It's all the parts. And and she's like, oh, okay. She's not. She's not impressed. She's not impressed. And it's almost like, oh, that's actually uninteresting and. Mm-hmm. Kind of most businesses, kind of blah, yeah. yeah, and that kind of inspires him to realize that, yeah, what You're he's right. doing is, I mean, he's while just making while deals, legal, but he's not doing it. While legal, it's not really a. It's not kind of. It's not admirable. It's not admirable. It's certainly it's it's barely ethical. <laughs> you yeah. know, this says that that thing happens after. Okay. So yeah, Viv- he offers that. Vivian's offended. She's mm-hmm. like, "Well, you're still treating me like a prostitute." One, well, he says, "I've never treated you like a prostitute," and then she's like, "You just, you just did. did, yeah." And she says this to no one. And then she kind of tell tells him about this childhood fantasy that she had when she would um, get in trouble. She'd be she'd get like, oh yeah yeah her... thrown in the attic, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and she would pretend that she was locked in the ba- attic. She's by an evil. Basically, she's Rapunzeling. Yeah, by an evil queen or whatever. Yeah, she was a princess and, and her the queen. Yeah. yeah, and she would get rescued by you know a knight on his white horse with his sword, and um, she tells him that story because it will come into play. Sure. Um, and then Edward meets with James Morris and you know the mm-hmm, the business mm-hmm. guys that are very boring. Um. But 
because he's so changed by his experience with Vivian, he chooses to work with him to save his company instead of just dismantling it. I liked that scene because leading up to it, I mean, we see him in his office and he's like, because Stucky. He's pissed. Well, Stucky's got like, he, he's got new information that that can sink Morse's chances at salvaging his business. Mm-hmm. And Edward's like, you know, when I was a kid, I used to love playing with blocks. I used to love yeah. building things. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't make anything. It's like, we make money. Yeah. And of course, Stucky's like, yeah. You know. So then, yeah, we get to the business meeting, the final meeting, which is going to be the... Would, it's supposed to be like the, the 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 kill. Sure. You know. And then <coughs> Edward, you know, asks everyone to leave and he wants to speak to old man Morse alone. And I had forgotten that we see that their meeting. And he's like, I he's talking to Mr. Morse, he's like, I wanna I don't want to buy your business anymore. I want to help you save it. Because, yeah, because Morris, his business is uh, shipbuilding. Yep. And they have, like, they they had gotten a, a government contract, which uh, Edward and, and co. have, they have a, a senator who can tie up that contract in some kind of committee thing. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, they're all they're all vaguely crooked. Yeah. You know. So yeah, Edward tells Morris, you know, I want to help you. Let's let's work together. Let's yeah. Let's build salvage ships. this company. Yeah. So when like, when he calls them back in, old man Morris is like, "We're gonna build ships, yeah. great big <laughs> yeah. ships." Kind of cute. Yeah. And and Stucky is like furious, so he goes to Edward's hotel mm-hmm. to confront him of course he only finds vivian there mm-hmm. um vivian had just gotten back from talking with she met with kit um yeah because she's planning on she's like yeah edward's leaving so i'm moving back into the basically i'm moving back into the apartment right i don't keeping mean... the clothes but that's it oh no because vivian i mean uh kit comes to the hotel yeah to get her because money. she had left yeah. Viv had left money for Kit. Yeah, she finally and got And she it. couldn't find Kit for a few days. Yeah. She, yeah. And of course, now Kit looks the way Vivian looked when she first came to the hotel. Yeah. Kind of trashy. Yeah. Out of place. But she's so funny. <laughs> but she goddamn it. She's... <gasps> she but yeah, um, Stucky gets there, finds Vivian, and basically blames her for the shit that went down in the business meeting for changing Edward. And he's, you know, he's so mad that he attempts, uh, he basically tries to, like, rape her. I mean, at the very least, he just, he physically attacks her. Yeah, yeah. it looks like he really did. <laughs> like, I'm going, did people get hurt in this I, scene? Because there's falling and there's vases there, falling on people's well, heads. I, I, I was very aware of that one, but the crystal bud vase. Yes, me too. Because I was watching it. It's good on the edge of the table. Yeah. They, they both fall like at that corner, which I was like, ah, oh, corner, I know, careful. I know, glass table from then, the 80s. <laughs> I'm like, where's that vase going to go? And I fly straight up, it lands on her again. 
and you can see it. It's very. It, you can very clearly tell that it's a very light plastic. I hope so. I, mean, was, I hope so. It was bouncing all around both of them. For her sake, I'm. I hope it was very cheap plastic. But yeah, I mean, he like backhand slaps her because she like. Yeah, he. She's hitting him, kind of. Yeah, he whacks her in the face. But yeah, he full on smacks awful her. shit. And then you know, out of nowhere, yes. Edward, you know, is there grabs Stucky, is like trying to throw him punches out of the hotel, him. and then punches him. Yeah, and kicks him out and fires him. Yeah. <laughs> um. And then cut to them nursing their wounds. Yeah. He's got his hand wrapped up. He's putting ice on her face, mm-hmm. and I like when she's like. How do guys know how to just slap a <laughs> like do they teach you this in high school? Like yeah. right across like just like she's like bam, right across yeah. the cheek. Yeah. I thought my eyeball was gonna explode. Yeah. Not good. <coughs> Men. People who hit. Not good. Yeah. Um so his business in Los Angeles is done. Yeah. And he asks her to stay with him one more night, and only well, if she wants to, mm-hmm. and not because he's paying her. And she's like, uh, "No," because yeah, leading up to it, she had already packed no up all of her yeah, stuff. Yeah, she's read. She's already. It's all by the door. She's made up her mind. Yeah, and then you know we have you know Daryl drives her to her Daryl at the hotel drives her to her apartment, her hotel whatever she lives in with Kit the, the hotel apartments. Yeah, the hotel apartments. Um. And Edward's getting ready to leave, and you know, Hector is, you know, kind of tells, "Oh yeah." Well, and like a day goes by. Yeah, a day, because he's like, "Daryl can take you to your to the airport." He's like, "Daryl also drove Vivian to her." Well, I do like when when yesterday. Vivian leaves the ho- when Vivian leaves the actual hotel to uh-huh. say goodbye to Bernie. Yeah. Oh yeah, Bernie. I couldn't remember his name. I call him Hector, but yeah. Because at their first meeting. He's like, once, you know, Mr. Lewis leaves, I don't want to ever see you back in this hotel again. Mm-hmm. You know. And she's like, you know, and back then she's like, yeah, fine. I don't want to ever, you know, yeah. see you yeah, again yeah, either. Yeah. But then when they are saying goodbye, he's like, come see us again sometime. Yeah. She's like, stay cool. Yeah. She had called him like, you're pretty cool yeah. earlier, whatever. Um. So Edward has, you know, he hears that, hears her name and he's suddenly like, he's like, you know what? Don's his way to the airport and he's like rethinking his life. Yeah, he tells Daryl to stop. He buys He know, buys roses from flowers from some Right where Kit is. <laughs> She's right there yeah. talking to <laughs> Talking to like her new her new future roommate. Yeah. Her her Viv replacement. Um gets her flowers and then has the chauffeur detour to Vivian's uh hotel apartment. And she's in there kind of packing up and she hears she's honking. Ready, she's ready to leave. She's to going San to San Francisco. Francisco. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, good luck at 40 of that place in like And I'm like, years. you only made like three grand. That's not going to be enough for San Francisco, no. girl. Maybe in 1990. Maybe in 1990. You can, you know, I'm sure you can find like a some shitty apartment in like the hate maybe, but. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, but yeah, she hears, she hears honking, honking, and she's like, she just by her face, I'm like, she has an inkling of what this is. She's got a weird sixth sense. I almost said sixth sense. Sixth sense. 
And she looks out the window and, and then there's... We, and then we hear the opera blasting. Yes. Yep. And there's Edward standing up through the roof of the limousine with his umbrella like a sword yeah. and the flowers sure. in his, you know, the limo is white, of white, course, like the white horse. <laughs> and even though he's afraid of heights, he climbs up the fire escape to rescue Vivian. Well, yeah, like, he's like, has to be the top floor because yeah. she's, and her response is, because it's the best, because that's been his theme. Yeah. Like, why do you he does here? things. Why do you live in the penthouse? Because it's the best. Why do you get these high up opera seats? Like why do you the best. why do you buy champagne and strawberries? Because it's the best. Why yeah, you, you know? because he, that's he just buys the best in everything. And yes, he he rescues her just like the knight in her fantasy, and then sure the end. Happy ending. They live happy ever after. I'm assuming. Who knows? I I think I I think I'd said Notting Hill was her best looking movie. You said Nine Hill. I said my best friend's wedding. Not I don't best... remember her in be- my best. I mean, I I remember her, but I mean, I don't remember being mm. moved by her look. Mm. But like a twenty-year-old or twenty-one-year-old Julia Roberts. Gosh, she's so young. I can't wrap my head around that. Um, I'm like I was in college at that age. She looks great. <laughs> she looks. I mean, this this if. Yeah, I I wouldn't be able to like really. I don't think I would. Out of outside of costume, mm-hmm. I don't know that I'd be able to pick the difference between Notting Hill Julia Roberts and Pretty Woman Julia Roberts. I'd say twenty two. She was when she filmed this. Okay, that doesn't I'm make sorry. that much of a difference. Maybe twenty one well, October, she would have turned twenty two. Sure. Okay, anyway. But I mean, yeah, no, she looks great. I mean. I liked Old Man Morse. Yeah. When he's talking, when he kind of realizes that his business, he can't, he can't save it himself, and he's willing to sell it to, to Edward. But his concern is, what about my people? So I like yeah. that, you know, because that's when we learn he's a decent guy. He's not just you know some old businessman. He's like, what about the people? Yeah. Yeah. It's people first. You know. Yeah. Which I think Edward, and because, and I think Edward sees him almost as father, father figure. That he never really had. That he never had. Yeah. And he's like, oh, kind of making up for lost time, sure. even though it's someone completely different. Sure. It's why I just read this quote from Roger Ebert about Mystic Pizza, mm-hmm. about Julia Roberts. Um, called her a major beauty with a fierce energy. And observed that the film, quote, may someday become known for the movie stars it showcased back before they became stars. Sure. Anyway, okay. I just, I was looking at Julia Roberts' Wikipedia page. I I like, uh, well, if we're already getting into trivia. <laughs> you know what came out the same year? What? 1990 that she was in? That mm-hmm. I always forget about? Because I always assumed it was... Pretty Woman and then Sleeping with the Enemy. Mm-hmm. There's one in between that. Mm. Kiefer Sutherland, Kevin Bacon. Flatliners? Flatliners. Oh. Joel Schumacher. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I I think I saw Flatliners. That's when they kill themselves, right? 
yeah. to try to experience the afterlife. Yeah, Kelly and I rented that at a, a sleepover, and I don't remember much of it. It's it, not it was really over a my head. horror, but it's kind no, of a suspense. It's like sci-fi. A little thrillerish, right? Sci-fi thriller. Yeah. Supernatural thriller. Um. Eh. So, what was I going to say? So this film was originally conceived as a dark drama oh. about prostitution in Los Angeles in the 1980s. That's a, that would be a fun That's movie. How it was. Yikes. And um, the relationship between Vivian and Edward originally had like controversial themes like Vivian being addicted to drugs. And part of the deal was that she had to stay off of cocaine for a week. Hmm. Um, and then Edward eventually throws her out of his car, drives off. Hmm. Like, didn't I do? Good. I do like like on their first night together. You he know, thinks, she's yeah. she's had champagne and strawberries, and then she goes to the bathroom, and then he kind of catches her hiding something behind her back. You know, he he surprises her. Yeah, and she's like, no, he's like, I don't, I have no tolerance for drugs. Get out. Yeah, and he yeah. grabs her hand, and she's got floss. floss. She's like, I was eating all those strawberries and the seeds. She's like, I don't do drugs. I haven't since Not since 14. 14 or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, the original script by J.F. Lawton. You know what it was called? How oh. much money did he offer her for a week? That's the title? 3000 Oh, that was that. The title oh, is 3000 Oh, okay. I was giving you a hint. Oh, I thought you were going to be like, I know what you did last summer. <laughs> no. How much did he offer her for I know how week? much I offered you for a week. Okay. No, the, the script was called 3000 <laughs> And it ended with Vivian and her prostitute friend on the bus to to, to Disneyland. What? And then, <laughs> you know... The, the, the teaser trailer, you just made $3,000. What are you going to do next? We're going, going to, to Disneyland. Disneyland. Her and Kit on the bus. Oh hey. my God. Um, but then it was then president of Walt Disney Studios, Touchstone, whatever, Jeffrey Katzenberg. Mm-hmm. Insisted the film be rewritten as a modern day fairy tale mm. and a love story, which you know what? Yeah, good, good decision, Katzenberg. I'll give you that. I mean, you know what? He he has his initial in uh, a major studio production company for a reason. He's he's had some good ideas. Yeah, yeah he's behind the Lion King. You know, I mean, he's, I mean, come on. Not all of them are going to be gold, but you know and what? It might not be like... You have to have enough hits to get your sure. initial in a, in a major production yeah. company. Say what you will about Katzenberg and Eisner and all those fucking yeah, guys. I mean... They made money. and they, they, they often knew what they were doing. They did. Okay. But yeah, the title was changed also from 2000 <laughs> because Disney execs thought it sounded like... Like a baseball? Like a science fiction movie. Oh, oh I thought... Which it does, because you think like Mystery Science Theory 3000 or something. Well, I was thinking of like Mr. 3000. <laughs> is that what it is? It's not Mr. 300? Uh-uh. With Tom Selleck? Oh, that's Mr. Baseball. That's Mr. That's... That's Mr. Baseball. That's Mr. Baseball. And it's Japanese, and right? He goes to, to conf- Japan? Yes, and not to be confused with Major League. Oh, that. no, I would never confuse <laughs> yeah. those. Yeah. Um. So a lot of people considered for the role of Edward before Richard Gere. Uh, I'm just gonna throw these names out. Christopher Reeve. Ooh. The the polo thing would have been a foreshadowing. Oh. Wow. <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis. I can see that actually. 
I don't been, know like, what he looked that, like in a. That would have been like right after like my left foot. I feel like that was eighty nine. Oh, he was really? pretty young. And then like that would be a, a few years before Last of the Mohicans. Yeah, that was ninety two. Okay. Um, that's his best looking movie. <laughs> <laughs> Last Mohicans. Really? You don't think uh, Gangs of New York could look great? No. I can't even. <laughs> um, Kevin Klein. I can see Kevin, kind of. He's a little too goofy-ish, though. Yeah, he would have that. Th- I mean. Because Richard Gere doesn't strike me as goofy. No, because he's got that swagger. And he's got those small eyes. I love his eyes. I love his eyes. I always have. There's something about them. They're Asian-y. They're very squinty. And they're dark. Because they're Asian-y. They're like dark brown. I know. Um, Denzel Washington. How... Can you imagine? That... Okay. So it's like the Pelican Brief. That... But Pretty Woman. (laughs) What year was Jungle Fever? I think that was 89? 88? Was he in that? No. No. But, I mean, that would have stirred up... This was the same year as Glory. See, I mean, if 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 it was gonna, you know, if it was gonna be this movie to have a black leading man, that would have been so. That would have stirred up so much shit even back then. But I could see him. He because he's got that swagger. Hell yeah, he does. Yeah, I I would believe it. Yeah, I believe. Richard Gere and Julia Roberts, 100%. I would believe Denzel Washington and Julia Roberts. I really would. <laughs> would you believe Richard Gere and Denzel Washington? I would. <laughs> um, some guys who turned it down, Albert Brooks. Okay, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Albert Brooks. Wait, 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 wait. Wait. He had the role if he wanted it. He and... turned it down. I don't know if that meant they or, turned like they turned the audition down, maybe. Or was he just like, no, nah, I'm not interested. I mean, all four of these guys. Albert Brooks, Sylvester Stallone, who would have been like a foot shorter than Julia Roberts. No. Al Pacino. He would have been like three and a half feet shorter than Julia Roberts. Al Pacino, also way shorter than Julia Roberts. Mm -hmm. Al Pacino. Gross. Would have been like a year before Scent of a Woman. (coughs) No. That's like 15 years past his prime in terms of like... Easily. um, And Uh, if, if you had Godfather... Yeah, Michael Corleone. Then I get it. But short. But I mean, not that height makes a difference. No, I know. Should but, matter. but Julie Roberts is tall. I'm just talking about look. Yeah. If you have that young Al Pacino, sure. But you don't have that young Al Pacino. No, you, you have, don't. You have no, Al Pacino. You, you do. You have blind and you got Chris O'Donnell's his best friend. And, and the last guy, uh, Burt Reynolds. I, I can't. Too old? I don't know. I can't remember what. 90 Burt Reynolds looks like. Ooh. I mean, is it the Burt Reynolds from Friends? So he would have been 53 to Julia Roberts, 22. I mean, even Richard Gere, even the, even Edward. I forgot that Burt Reynolds died. Yeah. Sorry. Richard Gere's character is significantly older than Viv. Yeah, I would say probably 20 years older. Which turns out he was. <laughs> yeah. But he doesn't look... Because he's got the salt and pepper. Or, he does. You know, he's got he's always salt. had that. He's got he salt. went He went gray earlier. He, his, he, there's often times where he looks very made up in this movie, though. Oh. 
I never thought that. Uh-huh. Or it's just soft light. I don't I think know. it's soft light. But no, I think there's a lot of pink couches and carpets and walls. Richard Gere is the oldest person that should have been in this movie. Yeah. Or it, for that role, I mean. Yeah. I mean anything older than that would have been too much. Yeah. Pacino's nine years well, older. Did, I don't know if you saw, but did you know that he was gonna turn it down? Yes. And then Yes, I was getting to that. Oh, okay. Then he met. Well, and then Julia Roberts persuaded wrote him. A post-it note. Oh, I didn't know what the post-it. Oh, yeah. So they're at like a, at I think a reading. I think. Okay, because it says he initially refused, but when he met with Roberts, she persuaded him, and then he agreed. Yeah, that's all. That's what this says. She persuaded him with a post-it note that said, "Please say yes." Aww, <laughs> and you can't say no to that. <laughs> I wouldn't say no to that. <laughs> so Julie Roberts was, of course, not the first choice. Vivian. Disney didn't want her. A um, lot of other actresses were considered. Um, Gary Marshall actually envisioned Karen Allen for the role, which would have made sense with an older man mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Karen Allen's got some years on a Julie few. Roberts. Not, not many, I don't think. Um, you know, she, she would have been, well, she would have been close to 40. Oh, really? She was born 51. Oh, wait, Karen Allen. I'm thinking of, never mind. Sally Field? Nope. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought. Uh, I'm thinking of Joan Allen. Oh, mm, she's probably younger than Karen Aye. Allen. Joan Allen? Karen Allen was born in 51. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she declined, and then auditions went to people like Molly Ringwald. Ooh. She turned it down because she didn't want to play a prostitute. Winona Ryder, but Gary Marshall felt she was too young. She was. Uh, that would have been kind of gross. She's really she's only a couple of years younger but than Julia Roberts. But she looks so much younger though. She yeah, this looks like been, a child. This would have been two years after Beetlejuice. So no. oh no, weird. Um, Jennifer Connelly, regular pretty, dismissed for the same reason. For being regular pretty. For being too young. Oh. <laughs> Looking too young at least. <laughs> yeah. Looking too young. I could see that. So Labyrinth was like what eighty seven. 86, 87? I don't know. So that, yeah. You're like, asking me years? I know. And then people like Drew Barrymore, Brooke nope. Shields. Um, I I could see Brooke Shields. I can see Brooke Shields, but she's too much Brooke Shields. She's, yeah. Like, you know that that's Brooke Shields. Yeah, and at the time, you didn't know that was Julia Roberts. Yeah. Uh, Uma Thurman. I, Uma Thurman is too... Um, in a weird way, weird looking. Yeah. You know, she's too exotic looking in a weird way. She's foreign she's got looking. A, she's got what? a unique look. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, like in this movie, Viv needs to be. Again, like we we're saying, familiar. Like atten- attainable. She needs, she needs to be like familiar looking. Yeah. Like you kind and of, Uma you know people that. who kind of look like that. Because you see Uma and you're like, well, she's striking. I've never seen anyone who looks like Uma. No. Met her daughter. And then, and then, and then here comes Maya Hawk. Yeah. You're like, oh, shit. <laughs> there is someone that looks like her. And then Kristen Davis. I don't know. She auditioned. That's- Wait. Wouldn't she have been too young, too? Not necessarily. She's about the same age as... Um, Julia Roberts? Julia Roberts. Oh, really? She's so tiny, though, isn't she? I don't know. I feel like Kristen Davis is very tiny. Because I do like when, you know, uh, 
Mm-hmm. Edward is walking with Viv when she's in her red dress. You know whose birthday is today? Mm-hmm. Oh, it was yesterday. Kristen Davis. Oh, okay. <laughs> she turned 58. Okay. Happy birthday, Kristen Davis. Happy I'm sorry you didn't get the thrill. You had to do Sex uh, and the City birthday. instead. Yeah. I, I mean, I do like, you know, how Edward kind of comments, you know, you look, you know, lovely whatever, and and tall. <laughs> she is. You look tall. Um, another top choice for Gary Marshall was Meg Ryan. No. A year after when Harry met Sally? No. No. She's not... Uh, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's Meg Ryan. She's not prostitute pretty. <laughs> <laughs> because she's too... Because she's... And I'm sorry. I, I know we shouldn't, like, <laughs> put people in their boxes, but Meg Ryan was Meg Ryan. And she had trouble breaking out of that. Yeah. And she wouldn't have succeeded in this. Pretty Woman wouldn't have succeeded with Meg Ryan. I could see Meg Ryan and Richard Gere as a couple. I can see but Meg not Ryan. As, not in this movie. I could maybe see Meg Ryan as Kit. If she but would, you know would who have she'd to be like? scuff her up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, she'd be like Meg Ryan in Top Gun. You know, I don't remember Meg Ryan in Top oh, Gun. Okay, not a huge role, but memorable. Well, I mean, she's I, like, I, I know she was in it and stuff, but I she's don't, like Kit. She didn't have any impact for me. Okay, well, she did for me. But yeah, you would you would have to like really scuff her up. Yeah, and then you can give her the role of Kit. Yeah, and then um, according to a note written by Marshall, Mary Steenburgen was also among the first choices. So this would have been the same year as Back to the Future Part 3 for Mary Steenburgen. Steenburgen. Mm. And then Diane Lane was being was close to being cast. I could see Diane Lane. And I, I can, don't know if I'm thinking just because she was in Unforgiven with Richard Gere. I can see Diane Lane. Um, a little bit. And that was when the, the script was darker, when mm. they were thinking mm. of Diane Lane, which I could... Yeah, I could see. Um, you know, she, I mean, they even had costume fittings for her. Like, she was pretty close. And then Michelle Pfeiffer turned down the role because she didn't like the script's tone when it was darker. Mm-hmm. Daryl Hannah believed the role was degrading to women. Which I'm sure it was. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee auditioned. Leah Thompson unsuccessfully auditioned because she thought the film was a drama. And... All these other actresses turned it down, and then 21-year-old Julia Roberts, a relative unknown, with only the sleeper hit Mystic Pizza and the yet-to-be-released Steel Magnolias, she I've, won the role. I've never seen Steel Magnolias. You would love it. I don't know if I would. I really think you would. Those ladies, Olympia Dukakis, Sally Field. I do love those ladies. Julia Roberts is great. She was nominated for an Academy Award. Uh, spoiler, she dies. I, I knew that. This movie fucked, that movie fucked me up when I was younger. I thought it was so sad. I was like, I'm never going to see a movie as sad as Steel Magnolias in my entire life. What is the, the title referred to? Is that, is that Them, like some kind of like club? Like, yeah, like they're... I know it comes up. Mm-hmm. It's been a good 25 years since I've seen that movie. Like it feels like the name of like their little Dolly Parton, club. come on. You got to see this movie. It's sad though. Well, Julia Roberts' part is sad because she dies. <laughs> Diabetes. She has like a 
shock. Or yeah, she goes, goes into yeah, diabetic, diabetic shock. shock yeah. yeah. Um. So her performance made her a star. We all know this. The writer of the original screenplay suggested that the film was given a happy ending because of the chemistry of Gear and Roberts. I mean, because well, honestly, it only makes sense based on yeah. what you see. Yeah. This whole time. Yeah. Um, we talked about the the Lotus earlier. Uh, Ferrari and Porsche declined product placement because they didn't want to be associated with prostitutes. So Lotus Cars saw the placement value supplied a silver 1989 half. Half? 1989 and a half? Sure. Esprit SE, which was later sold. It hadn't been a car yet for sale, Mm. apparently. I don't know. Fun fact. And you know, Ferrari and Porsche were like, well, shit. Because this movie had a $14 million budget. Can you, can you uh, think of how much you think this movie made that maybe made Ferrari and Porsche kick their own ass? 14 and a half. <laughs> um, <laughs> we made 0.5. In 1990. Again, 1990, man, I don't know what, how a much. A March mo- opening, kind of a how weird. How much were movies making back then? I don't um, know. A hundred million dollars. It made four hundred and sixty-three point okay. four million dollars. I feel like a hundred million dollars would have been very expe- yeah. acceptable. So we made a lot of money okay. for nineteen for a so yeah this for a romantic this, comedy. This movie made like about a re- prostitution, as as Edward says in the store with Mister Miller. Uh, uh, how how insane are we talking? Um, Rotten Tomatoes. What do you? Ninety-one. No, a lot lower than you would imagine. 22. <laughs> 65. Okay. Uh, Which is funny because you think of this movie and you're like, well, everyone loved it. Well, I feel like... Because it was a huge hit. I think, again, audience mm. scores are going to differ. I'm, you know, maybe at the time people were probably like, mm, this movie is weird. I don't know. 65 seems lower than... The movie's reputation, if that makes sense. Hmm. I yeah, I feel like hmm, I don't know. I I think this is one of those movies where if, you know you're those critics were to reevaluate it now. Mm-hmm. I think senses sensibilities have changed. I think they would be you know, more open to it. Same with Practical Magic. Um, I think this is one of those movies that would benefit from, like, a reevaluation, even though it's well, not needed. I mean, you'll see a lot of people saying this movie could never be made today, which I don't agree with. I, I mean, you could make it. You'd have to change some things. A lot of the language would be a little different. The language would be different. The, but, the modes of character existence would change a little bit. Yeah. Like instead of you know instead of being like a straight up streetwalker, she would have like an OnlyFans or something. No. <laughs> you know, she and would. I like, wonder. Like, do you think this movie views? prostitution sex workers as 
I don't want to say like they view it in a positive light, but do you, I don't think it's downright negative. No, I mean, and really it's almost like, it's almost like a non-entity, really. I mean, it's... Because we don't ever dip into that world. Not really. Very, very lightly, like at you the get, club. You get mentions of a pseudo-pimp, yeah. that, that guy Carlos or whoever. Yeah, he's... Um, uh-huh. There's some, you know, reference to drug habits with Kit and her parties. Because, you know, that's why the mm-hmm. rent money is gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we, you know, we don't see. Mm-hmm. We we don't see any. Well, we don't see any. The only negative, the only negative, like, imagery we kind of get is. When we see Hank Azari as a detective, because there's oh, a the body dead. in the dumpster, yeah. which was another one yeah. of their, like colleagues yeah you know it was some other streetwalker girl and you know she's telling she was a crackhead yeah which they repeated like four times there's that scene where he kind of asks her about you know her job how she got into it oh yeah yeah, he talks about moving out there and following bad man after bad man and she's like well no one chooses to this but yeah you just you do it you know she she found she's not Saying this is the worst thing I could ever be doing. She's like, this is my job. And that's well, and she just... was like, you know, I found myself with no job, no place to go, and too proud to call home for help. Yeah, she couldn't. And she ended up meeting Kit, and you know, she. Yeah. Like, okay, well, I can do that. Yeah. To you yeah. know, pay rent. Yeah. But yeah, it'd be interesting because I mean, yeah, I don't know how people feel about this movie today but again this is 1990 and you can't be like well i think people were surprised that a movie about prostitution could be such a romantic comedy even the the tagline of this movie they wouldn't be able to do today Hmm. it's like who knew hookers could be this much fun or something oh wow yeah that's a that's a hell of a wow. I thought I saw that, yeah. Um whoops. I can't spell. Well, there's she walked off the street into his life and stole his heart. Um who knew it was so much fun to be a hooker? Huh. <laughs> Which, okay, yeah, that's a that that Yeah. Even then I think might have been a, a Problematic. Uh, yeah, yeah. It wouldn't be that today. I, I like this one bit of trivia that I just saw. When she's in the bathtubs, you know, singing Prince, and she goes under. And she didn't know the camera was still on? Everyone left as a prank, yeah. even the cameraman. So she pops up, and no one's yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. And yeah, that necklace actually did cost $250,000. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but yeah. Um, I hadn't seen this movie in very long time. So I felt like I was watching it for like the first time. Because there's a lot of scenes. I was like, I don't know what happens next. I don't know what happens next. Are you looking at me? I... 
I found myself realizing that this movie was like in my DNA. Mm, you knew a lot of the lines. I knew, which I, which surprised me. Which means you've well, seen this more than I have. Because there's there's a Doctor Livingston moment in this film for me. Well, of course, there is. <coughs> Doctor Livingston is one of those things that's always on my mind. Um, do you know what line it is? Well, you said a couple lines. Was yeah. it one of those? Yeah, probably. Okay, which one? The steaming divot. That, that does not look fun. That has been part of my life. <laughs> That's so funny. For apparently since this movie. For 33 years. That's all it. Steaming divot is one of those things where it's easily conjured. Oh, that's funny. In my waking world. I don't know why. I don't know either. That's interesting. Like, it isn't anything that makes me think of it, but I'm like, yeah, it's always there. <sighs> Beware of the, the steaming divot. divot. I would never. If someone dragged me to a polo match, and like, okay, like, in the middle of it, you everyone has to go out and, like, flip all the divots over. I'd be like, fuck this. I'm going home. What do you, what, what? I was just reading the that bit about how Gary Marshall um, broaches the subject of this not being a Richard Gere movie to Richard Gere. Oh, uh-huh. He's like, cause he, goes, he tells him, in this movie, one of you moves oh, yeah. and one of you doesn't. Guess which one is you? That's, yeah, I did read that and I laughed. <laughs> and yeah, that does come across in his performance, yeah. I think. <laughs> And I can totally hear it in Gary Marshall voice. <laughs> R.I.P. Gary Marshall. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Pretty Woman. It's a good movie. And I think, yeah, I think people, I mean, you cannot, like I said at the very beginning, you can't deny that this performance by Julie Roberts was once in a lifetime. Like a star was born. Yeah. And yeah, she went through her ups and downs in like she had a lot of flops after this, starting with like Hook, I guess, and kind of <laughs> um, came back in the 2000s. I mean, obviously, you know, 97, she kind of, I guess, came back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not done talking about her. We still have some other movies starring Miss Julia Roberts, so. I can think of at least two. Really? Yeah. Hmm. And for some reason, we don't own my best friend's wedding. It's not one of those. You said breast. My best friend's wedding. <laughs> my breast friend. It's getting married. And we have, what, Ocean's Eleven? Sleeping with the Enemy. We haven't done Ocean's Eleven yet? No. Oh. Okay. Not weird. But yeah, anything else you want to say about Pretty Woman? Great. Great soundtrack, that Roxette song, I'm telling you. We got Nine West, King of Wishful Thinking. This is the movie that brought Roy Orbison to the masses. Sure did. To a whole new generation of young people. Yeah. Like, who's this guy with the sunglasses? Because they're playing his video on, like, MTV. They're like, ooh, who's this song? And then you see him, like, who the fuck is that guy? Like, is he blind? (laughs) Was he? Nah. He just wore sunglasses. Yeah, no. I always thought he was blind. No. Just like Jeff Healy. Who actually was blind? Which one is Jeff Healy? Remember the movie Roadhouse? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, right, that's right. That's right. 
And he said I had that really good song, Angel Eyes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, but yeah. And good music. Sure. Good performances. It's good a brown dress. Good uh, time capsule for women's fashion. Yeah. I mean, that brown dress is... That has held that's up. Kinda, that's pretty timeless. That has held the, up. The red dress is a little, a little dated. It's I because this I, says the 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 material I think is dated. Well, her like wiki, re, her wiki, that red dress, the red dress Roberts wore in the film mm-hmm. has been considered one of the most famous, famous, <laughs> famous gowns. Sure, in cinema. Sure, doesn't mean anything. I don't know. Continue your weird thing. Uh huh. Um. The, the red vi- dress has its own wiki. Page. The vehicles are the most dated thing in this movie, and then followed by oh yeah, there it is. And then it has its own wiki page. Sure, okay, I don't care. Okay, uh huh, yeah, the off the shoulder, yeah, it's a little, yeah, but yeah. The vehicles are dated, and then the limited technology we see is is dated. Yeah, the old clunky cell phones, and then sure, that's to be expected. Yeah. And they don't get in the way of no. watching. They don't be like, oh god. This would be, this is weird. No. I am done. I think I'm done too. <laughs> um, so yeah, usually at this time we would pick. Oh, are we not picking? No, we uh, have a very special uh, episode. For fuck's sake. Oh. All right. Maybe what? Google would have picked this one anyway. Okay, well, I guess we'll never know. What, 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 what anniversary? So we're celebrating the 30th. Next week, we are celebrating oh the 30th anniversary. I cannot believe it's been 30 years. March 6, 1993. Mm. A little movie called Swing Kids opened. Oh, God's sake. <laughs> hey, you like this movie. The fact that we're honoring Swing yes. Kids. Can't just let it be. We'll this get to it such... when we get to it. Oh, God. No, this was such a big deal no, in my life. This no. Like, like <laughs> you do, like, like you, you set aside specific movies. Because it's my fucking podcast. <laughs> I'm not celebrating what the world's celebrating. I'm celebrating moments in my life. And this was the first movie starring Christian Bale post Newsies. You don't think I was counting down the seconds? Okay, I, you know what? I'm going to be honest. <laughs> what? Yeah. I, I didn't know Christian Bale was in this. Oh my god! Yes, you did. No, I just thought it was a movie you liked. That just no had boys in it. Okay, Christian Bale, Robert <laughs> Sean Leonard. I knew there. I, I, I knew there were known guys in this movie. I just didn't. Know it was like Kenneth Christian, Branagh, Christian Bale specific. <sighs> so, Swing Kids. This is a god. huge movie god. for. For who? For no one. For 13-year-old Diane, almost okay. 14. Okay? Mm-hmm. I went, my friend Kate and I went to the sneak preview a week in a, a week before it opened. Oh, God. That's a theater called Centennial Lakes. I don't think it exists anymore. Centennial, that's our dentist's office. Well, I think it was the one eating Dinah. <laughs> we had these big tickets that said Hollywood pictures on them. We got him from the TV studio. Oh the local, <laughs> they're giving away free passes. From what, WCCO? No, it was. Is that a radio station? 
Yeah, and it's Channel 4. Yeah, it's TV and radio. Oh, okay. It was Channel 23. I forgot. What the fuck is 23? <laughs> I think it became like the WB, CW. <laughs> anyway. Um, Wait, your TVs went up to 23? Yeah, we had Channel I mean, like, No, like, 29 it went up to. I mean, as as like regular like yeah. programming? 29. And maybe 41. <laughs> it came on the dial. Okay, my my TV. Okay, L.A. California. Like, you might hit eighteen, and that was PBS. Okay, ours was two. And then you could click to forty, and that was like the Christian programming. Yeah, I think that was like forty-one. Was like weird. It was always like a service, some Catholic mass or something. <laughs> oh, really? Okay, but yeah, we didn't have like twenty-nine was from from eighteen to forty. There was nothing worth what turning to. Okay, I mean, we had two, four. Five, nine, eleven. Oh, you didn't have seven? Nope. Oh. That was MTV and cable. Oh. Uh, eleven, which is Care, oh. Care Eleven, and then it popped up twenty-three, <laughs> which was like the CW, WB, whatever the fuck that became. <laughs> what? And then twenty-nine which was Fox. Ours was two, four, five, <laughs> seven, nine, eleven, thirteen. And what was it, eleven in LA? That that became Fox. Oh, I thought it was Fox. You know, you might be right. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. This is a weird conversation. But uh, and, then, and then it went to 18. And then, yeah. And then 40 was, yeah, you know. Ch- church. Like Billy Graham and shit. Yeah. And it was always kind of. Green. Grainy. <laughs> Everyone's got that weird church channel. You got to have it for the grandmas. Okay. So, yes. Swing kids. I will get into so much detail about the experience of seeing this movie. It was, I think, up to that point, the best night of my life. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, and this is also notoriously one of Ebert's most hated movies. So I'm not going to be super, super... Um, does, this, does this have a, a broken shellac yes. record? Yes. In the bathtub. Well, I mean, and also... Um, yeah, these records sell like they, glass. They scratch the record. Yeah. The one kid scratches yep. the record. Okay. I remember. Yeah, these records sound like glass when they break. Oh, they're shellac. Yeah. yeah. Um I vaguely remember seeing this movie. I I think the half time you showed me. I certainly didn't watch it on my own. Okay. Probably not. I doubt it. So yes. Thirtieth anniversary. I, uh, wow. Crazy. Is this a musical? It's not, right? There's no singing. It's just, there's dancing because they go to swing clubs. Okay, that's not the same thing. No, I just, yeah, I said no, there's no singing. Okay. There's just dancing. Was this ever made into a musical? No. Is there a Swing Kids musical? No, but there should oh, be. Okay. I don't know why there isn't. <laughs> but Newsies was a musical. Yes. Okay. Better movie. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean. I like a musical. Swing Kids is depressing. Is there opera in this? He listens to jazz, right? Well, swing. Oh, swing. The difference. <laughs> you know what? You're right. It's not called Jazz Kids. Okay. Takes place in Hamburg. But he doesn't get jazz records. He gets. Well, it's like Benny Goodman and oh, okay. Duke Ellington. And okay, okay, okay. Django Reinhardt and. Okay, okay, okay. Stop naming. But yeah, this movie's depressing. Names. It's nothing happy about it. Is but Ethan Embry in this movie? No, he's not. Okay. Should have been. 
He was still Ethan Randall in 1993. Oh, oh no, Ethan he's, Embry is his is the new name. He, had, I think, he got Ethan Embry like that thing you do and beyond, or um, mm. yeah, that thing you do was before she's all that, or not she's all that. What's that one? The Jennifer Love Hewitt can't hardly wait. Ethan Embry's in that, but before that, he was Ethan Randall. Huh. Like in the movie, the 1992 movie, A Far Off Place with Reese Witherspoon. Okay. Huh. Enough weird off the rail shit. Next week, we're going to be talking about Swing Kids because we are celebrating. I am celebrating the 30th anniversary of Swing Kids. I'm excited. <sighs> Until then, you can follow us on Tumblr at Why Do We Own This DVD? I haven't been on Instagram in a while. I'm sorry. You have to pay now to get your stuff seen. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, thanks as always to Brushy One String for our theme song. You can find Brushy at brushyonestring.com. Uh, not to be confused with Brushy One Swing. <laughs> wow. I think we need a new theme song. No. Just... <laughs> no. I'm going to call Brushy. Hey, can you do a swing version of the theme song? Now? Oh my God. Um, can you imagine? And thanks to Marlene LePage for her artwork. <coughs> Uh, what song am I ending with? Pretty Woman? Or am I... Hmm, I don't know. We'll, I guess we'll Pretty Woman's the obvious one. I put the Roxette song on our I playlist. Feel, I actually feel like I should start with Pretty Woman. Yes, that makes more sense. Instead of using like an actual like just boring old clip, fucking play the music. <laughs> All right. Well, see you next time. Next, blah, blah. next week. Bye. <laughs> did the cat open the door? How did you open the door? What the? What is going on?